And now, it's time for the show, This Old Dungeon. Welcome, Dungeoneers, to a frigid January 2024 episode of This Old Dungeon. How's everybody doing? Doing all right. I am shivering now. I was doing fine before. <laughs> yeah, I remember us talking nice in and... December when it when it was a, a a balmy like you know I don't know, around here 40 balmy or something. like forty degrees uh, about oh we should do a winter module we need to find an adventure that has something to do with the winter <laughs> so it worked we did and it did yeah, it did work uh, <laughs> I fled a nice uh, negative two up in Michigan yesterday and to come down to Florida where it's nice toasty forty five or fifty it's not particularly warm but. <laughs> Anything's better than negative two. So yeah. there it is. Yeah, and that's and that's not even like you know the 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 real feel. That's like the actual. Right, that's the wind chill. That's the actual temp. Yeah, yeah. in my car when I was driving to the airport. I'm like, no, this is. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. Well, let's talk about something fun. Uh, who all's been gaming? What's been going on? I have oh. been gaming because we just had SnowCon. What about you? just the sunday game that's all i've been getting in but but we are in castle ravenloft officially we've uh we faced off against those uh gargoyles that are in the main foyer there uh so it has begun awesome <laughs> nice i uh, actually yeah. got the game i got the game while i was at uh uh the philadelphia area game expo yeah. oh yeah i saw that I saw I your... a great convention uh you know there was I think there was some trepidation coming up to it because first year ever, right? Never had it before. And uh, uh, Ron Meister, who put it on, you know, he, uh, you know, those people who started conventions start much smaller. Oh yeah. He, started, he, he like came out swinging and it, it paid off. Brilliant convention. I think uh, the last number I heard was something 1100 attendees. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is, which is cool. double. I feel like before you headed in, when we talked last time, they were around 600. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they're they're I think, with walk ups and people at the last minute, I think you had a lot of last minute people coming in. And I know that's an effect of the fact that this convention was the weekend after like whatever, four or five days after New Year's. Right. Yeah. So it's a tough time to have a convention, I think. Um, it's pushed well, out. I next feel month. like an urban convention is more likely to get walk ups because there's more people who don't have to fly. Right. I mean. Yeah, I would. I think so too. I mean, I'm not real familiar with the Philadelphia area. I, I know we were not very close to downtown at all. My understanding. Um, I know a couple people that flew in. Greg Gillespie won, and he told me the airport was like an hour away. So oh, wow. um, we were out there. We were right next to. We were literally in Valley Forge. We were the, like right next to it. So if, if you've ever been to the area, that's where the convention was held. Um, it was. It really went well. It was great. It was a three day convention. Um, I got the game. I ran two D and D sessions, uh, classic D and D, uh, and and that was the other thing. I was thought this might be more of a you know modern convention, a lot of five E stuff, which is great. You know, I, I'm no worries. But no, there was a ton of old school gaming going on here. Uh, HMGS was there running miniature stuff. There was all kinds of like classic role playing games being played. Every time I walked around, you know, from uh, uh, Shadowrun or not, yeah, Shadowrun to uh which is funny because we just talked about that i think it was there uh there were people playing various old versions of DD. um i think some star wars the old west end star wars people I mean, just 
you name it, they had it. And um, it was really cool. It was uh, works that we're going back next year on top of that. We, um, you know, from a vendor, put my vendor hat on. Uh, that went real well for us. Um, so, it, yeah, it was great. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Frank Menser was one of the special guests. I, I, me and Ben were, but we just don't really count ourselves as a staff, obviously, that level of special guest. But Frank was there, and uh, I hadn't seen him in years. So I was need to catch up with Frank a little bit. Um, I think somebody was saying that this is the first con event he's been at in maybe five to seven years. First U.S. con. They, oh, okay. they drag him over to Italy, I think, almost every year. And he draws ah. huge. He is a He's more popular over there than he is here. I can pretty much say that. <laughs> and I'm not saying he wasn't popular. They had a, The signing table was right across from us in the vendor area and it was pretty much a ghost town over there all weekend. Um, and then when Frank came and did a signing, there was 50, 60 people lined up to get stuff signed by Frank. So cool. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh great convention. I got to do some gaming. So that was also awesome. Uh, we had fun. I helped run the auction. Uh, uh, I was actually one of the auctioneers. That was a trip. So uh, and they had some incredible stuff. I mean, we, there was a brown box everywhere. Pretty much every rare TSR thing you could think of went through that auction. It was crazy. And that was like a long auction too, wasn't it? Oh I my god, it went, like it, was it like went almost four hours. It four went four hours. Yeah. We were about okay. to fall off. Yeah, I think we live streamed it. I want to say because um, I know they had online bidders and all that stuff going on too. So, uh, but pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah, met a ton of people. Obviously, I'd never met before. So a lot of new people, a lot of new faces. Um, yeah, just a great convention. And I highly recommend it if you're in that East Coast area. And next year, it's going to be MLK weekend. So it's not the weekend that backs directly up to the new year, um, mm -hmm. which I know can be tough. Like I said, I, you know, most people are, everyone in the teaching world is going back to work that week, <laughs> right? And kids are all going back to school and people have been off for a couple of weeks in a lot of cases. And to, to have a convention where now you got to take more time off right away unless it's contiguous, which I don't, it definitely wasn't. Um, I think it's tough, but he's, you know, he still had a ton of people. So next year I think it's going to be even, I think it'll be even larger with it. Like I said, it being MLK weekend. So. Yeah. Well, the yeah. opposite end we had, uh, I don't know, a couple hundred folks at SnowCon, um, which nice. was pretty nice. And we got, I got there. So it was uh, Saturday, Sunday. I got there Saturday morning around eight 30, and uh, it started dumping snow about 10 minutes later, uh, just <laughs> right on cue. Yep. So we were all trapped there. Um, I had, uh, what did I do? I played Earth Dawn, uh, I wow. think for the first time. So I had a fourth edition game of Earth Dawn. And I'm trying to remember, I played some other game that feels like almost the same system where you have these like step skills where you start with like a D eight in, in the skill, and then you have a D 10 and a D 12, and then maybe yeah. it's a D six plus a D eight or whatever. And it steps on up. And eventually mm -hmm. maybe if you're Superman, you get to two D 20. Um, and, but I can't for the life of me, remember whether it's another game or whether I'd played earth Dawn years ago, but I think it was <laughs> another game with that same, step die uh system or similar one uh but it was really i really enjoyed uh digging into that a little bit and then i ran uh i ran a game of dungeon crawl classics with a fourth level game and uh we'd had five players signed up but we only got three who showed and uh it showed at the table we had a lot of death 
Um, <laughs> and then another a player who hadn't said he hadn't played uh, since the eighties just sat down. Like he was sort of watching, you know, as people do. And ah, sit down. Gave him a character, and he played. And he his character, his first character, died in about two minutes, uh, <laughs> which was pretty awesome. Uh, so we gave him another one. Um, but yeah, so that was a super fun game. I, uh, I it was just, I don't know. I, I like DCC a lot just because the swinginess I think promotes laughter at the table. Yeah, it's definitely um, like a an easy win and a con to just yeah. Uh, out there and go now were you running something uh from frog god on that or nope that was a goodman uh uh goodman uh author authored game uh scenario yeah i, I kind of neglected to see what I ran. I ran the fourth level of the palace of the vampire queen is what we ran at uh fell off and ran it twice and did you um, play also or did you just run stuff i just ran i just cool. ran stuff because i when i I volunteered to help with the auction. That sucked up my entire. That's it, like, there's yeah. only three day con, so that sucked up my entire Saturday night. Friday mm-hmm. night we had a special guest thing I had to be at. Um, so and Sunday we just really packed up and got out of Dodge because it's it's about a nine hour drive, nine and a half hour drive to back to yeah. back and forth, and we tried to limit our time. But um, it was neat because we had a I had a, a nice mix of you know a couple or three. People play. We play uh, like cl- what we call classic D and D at Pacer. It's basically BX version of D and D. We had a few people who were you know totally fluent, and then we had more people, four or five, who were um, just five E players, right? Have never played a uh, any version but five E. And I love doing that because um, it's really cool to see their expressions on how the rules are different, and you know not in in not in any sort of negative way whatsoever. The The first group I know I ran, I think Friday morning, was just an absolute riot. We were laughing the whole time. It was just a great, it was, it was, so, they really got it. And you know what, to watch, you know, I think, you know, a lot of old Grogners just always want to get after the 5e crowd or whatever. You kind of see that, you know, I have always had the opposite experience when they play classic D&D, they totally get into it. I mean, they, they don't complain about the rules. They don't complain about how easy it is to die. And believe me, TPK that group, next group got TPK. Oh, they made <laughs> oh, but they got all the way through the dungeon and did it the final encounter kind of thing. Like they were, awesome. they were just out of resources, right out of spells, and and yeah. all that thing. Um, although we had some characters come back, we were using the the cartoon characters for the oh, yeah. cartoon, right? So oh, those yeah. are the characters, the pregens I was using. So the way you use Presto's hat. Um, this is kind of fun. I know I'm droning on, but yeah. Presto's hat, he can use it once per encounter, right? So what you do is you roll uh, in in the classic rules of magic user. There's only magic user has levels one through six spells. So you roll a d6 to see what level spell comes out. And then you roll randomly to see what spell comes out. And he has to cast it no matter what. It happens regardless, right? So uh, like halfway through the dungeon on the first group, Presto threw a death spell. And it's got a forty uh-huh. foot area, forty foot square area. He wiped out almost the entire party doing it. They all missed their. <laughs> it was hilarious. Now, did we you had... uh, did you go through all the pomp and circumstance and, and let them know like the pedigree of the Palace of the Vampire Queen and all that? Yes, yeah, we did. We uh, we had some people there who were really. Both games had a couple people who were like uh, Palace of the Vampire Queen like aficionados. I mean, these oh, yeah. guys were just like. They just were all about Palace of the Vampire because they knew the history and they're explaining it to me. Like, hey, that's the first dungeon we ever played. And I actually had our digest copy of 
of uh, <laughs> that pace setter put out. And I put them on the table because we use that for the map. So they just kind of walk through the map. We may have kept it really simple. Um, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun to have by all. It was great to have people be able to see that old school look. And, um, you know, I most of them said they wanted to play again. You know, they just love the rules, the rule set. Um, they love it's not saying they're going to stop being 5e players. Right. No one's suggesting anything like that. But I think uh, it's a different game. It is just yeah. a radically, almost a radically different game, right? So, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, they, I think people had a really good time with it. And that, that, for me, that's fun. That's where I get my enjoyment out of it, was, was seeing that interaction. It's like, you know, hey, you got to make a saving throw versus poison. Well, what's that? Well, see that little <laughs> chart right there? Your little third-level character's got to roll a 14 or more on a D20. And they just or go, die. Hey, right? They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Eyes wide, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, you're gonna die if you don't get it. <laughs> so we just if they died, I just hand them the character sheet right back. So they just went right, popped up right in the next encounter. So they were back, always back. But uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was cool. But uh, that's a testament to the convention too. It's just a great crowd, really good crowd. Not to put you on the spot uh, or, or turn this into commercial or whatever, but I just, I really seriously have a, a deep interest in this. How did you guys come to get that IP? And then what is it that you're about to do with it? Because I've seen the announcements sure. on Facebook and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's been a forever project. We got the um, license, or we have a, we don't even really have the license. We have more than that. We pretty much own the IP. So um, uh, Pete Kerriston came to North Texas RPG Con. I don't remember how long ago this was, six, seven years ago, maybe eight. I, I could look it up. And he's the original owner of all this like we warriors who put out vampire queen misty isles dwarven glory and a whole bunch of other stuff actually um like war, war gaming stuff and uh he's been out of the hobby for 30 35 years just completely out of the hobby, right got just here and gone and they got him back brought him to texas i sat down and talked to him and i said hey i would love to reprint this and to do uh we were going to do a first edition D&D conversion of Palace of Empire Queen. So it's more usable because the original is, is, is historic and as amazing it is to flip through it. It's not very useful. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not, um, you know, in one room, you know, it's in one room, you meet a goblin, the next room, you meet a type five demon. It's just, it's just, that's that old crazy 1976 funhouse fun D&D. So, um, and so he not only agreed to let us do that, um, he said, I'm never, ever doing with anything with ever any of this ever again. Here you go. So I had him write up a, a thing that we would, after the convention, we went back and forth on email, uh, basically giving us the rights to all this stuff. I didn't want to just take possession of it. I didn't feel that was right. I just wanted a, the rights to do it all. And he, he gave us those rights um, forever. So, um, oddly enough, though, he actually, I think, technically sold uh, um, some of the IP rights off to another company that does a bunch of PDF stuff. But they're only doing, they have no interest in doing what we're doing with it. So we've actually talked to them um, just because, you know, there's no conflict there because we're not really, we're not really interested in reproducing the old books. We're more interested in doing modern takes on it so what we've been doing is we've been doing at conventions for the last several years is redoing each level and then running a play test at the con or a tournament version of it um later this year um the fifth there's five levels of the palace and then we also did an above ground actual palace old keep thing 
So we are doing a compilation of all that later this year in the large, huge, we're, it's massively expanded, just Pals of Vampire Queen on steroids. It'll be a 160 page book and, and all that with nice big maps and all that kind of stuff. So and we're doing the same thing with the rest of it. And the Misty Isles is, uh, which is the world's first campaign, D&D campaign setting uh, hmm. that was ever published. I never about that. Yeah. So we are also doing that. Uh, and that's going to be really, really, it's a big project. There's nine islands in the Misty Isles that make up the campaign setting. So each one's basically going to get a hardcover book. So a lot of work. Cool. But fun yeah. stuff. Sounds awesome. Though. That's good. Yeah. I had it's, one more game it, it's before a Bill game jumped on me. Yeah, bugger. I know. I'm sorry. I, I just want to say, I, but, you know, it is a privilege for us to have <laughs> be able to do that, right? It's not. Uh, it's not anything we sought out. Um, it's just something that kind of came about. Um, you know, I love all this old stuff. I didn't want to see it just go away. So, yeah. um, but to be able to touch on something like that, you know, if you would have told 12 year old Bill who just started playing D and D that he'd be able to um, work on the first D and D module ever produced for Dungeons and Dragons in print. I never would have believed you. Right. I mean, <laughs> so it's kind of a, it's a crazy thing. Um, but we're kind of getting, you know, anyway, that's, we're getting, um, I don't want to say a name for ourselves to do that because we're doing all the homes estate stuff yeah, too. I was going to bring that up also. <laughs> that's to... a whole other massive thing we're in the middle of doing. So, in fact, I am. Uh, that seems like a, a fun research, fun niche to be tonight, in. Right before we, as uh, I was waiting to get online, it's got the Tales of Peril book. Yeah, the Tales of Peril from with John Eric Holmes. Yeah, because there's certainly plenty of old stuff that could use a well, as as we do in this old dungeon. There's yes. certainly plenty of old stuff that could use a retouch. And and nice then, to, yes, to get a chance uh, to do it in a, exactly a more significant way. That. Yeah. That's exactly what we're doing. We're this old dungeoning, Palace of the Vampire Queen. All right, Edwin, what, what was cool. the second game? Yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah. So I ran, uh, first time, I ran uh, Dungeon Inc., which is the. I think I've been talking about that a few times, but the game that was done, uh, don't only see the French game that I translated for Mary Mushman. Um, and I think they're probably a month or so away from doing the Kickstarter for it, but it was the first time I'd actually run it. So I played in a game of it for the first time, maybe a few weeks ago or a month ago. And then I ran the starter game for, and this is the game where you are, working for a company that runs dungeons and the ideas of the dungeon is it attracts adventurers and the uh, hosts who are the NP uh, the, the PCs, the player characters, uh, their job is to go down and kill the adventurers and take their stuff <laughs> and bring it back up to the, uh, to the treasury. So I, I had a hoot again. It was a players that had, uh, obviously no one had played it. Um, but, uh, I guess, yeah, I think they had a good mix of people, but it, it's also a pretty deadly game. But I think what's what's fun about it, one of the things that's fun about it, there's a lot of things that are fun about it, but is that, you know, as the people working for this company, you are given the map, right? And so exploring is not one of the pillars of this game. And sort of removing that really changes uh, you know, changes the goal. You're not you're not there to get rich. You're not there to explore. You're there to, you know, find find those pesky <laughs> those pesky <laughs> clients, kill them, and bring their stuff back. And 
and that's it. You know, if you loot the dungeon, you're you're uh, looting yourself, right? That's your boss's stuff that got set up by the by the people who build these things in order to attract the the uh, the client. So it's it's a nice twist to be able to take the a lot of the tropes and spin them around backwards and then run. And the the players had no trouble grokking that like they were they were on it from the get-go we had a little opening scene where the uh the basically for this uh this is like the starter starter adventure you know with the they have a little quick start that's out um and uh this is you're applying for the job so you show up and the the trainer the recruiter says uh you know this is this is what you're gonna do go down into this thing kill the person bring the stuff back uh, here's your map. Don't screw up. Here's the rules. You know, don't take stuff that's not yours. If anything that uh, you find comes back to us and so forth. Um, and uh, so that was some fun. Like there's some fun role play stuff up front. And then they go in and they do the do the deeds. And so is there uh, like awesome. a, I'm just trying to think how this would work. Is, is, is there like a planning phase where like, okay, this is how we're going to set up our, our dungeon with the resources we have, or, or is that all already done? And they're just kind of. So the, the players are playing low level grunts. Uh, there, there is, so the, the GM is the one who sets up the dungeon, right? So in, in this world, there's this huge, there's a marketing department. Uh, there's the um, construction department. There's the maintenance department, you know, the people who go and reset the traps. And so, like they might build um, a dungeon that's centered around a vampire. Great. Cause this is going to attract a certain type of adventurer. And so they, the company has nothing to do with the player characters. The company builds it and they stock it and, you know, they hire the vampire, the fake vampire, maybe they just send out rumors of the vampire. And then the adventurers presumably show up and management calls your team hey your team's up go down to level 26 and take care of the clients that are in there here's the map and here's your backpack full of crappy equipment um that you have and good luck we might see you we might not um so there's so they the, the players absolutely can do the planning phase in the sense that they have the map right so before so they get the map they get the equipment they get the mission brief and then they can absolutely spend time saying, oh, we should probably go here first, or maybe we'll try pushing them in this direction or that direction. Uh, but there's always, you know, typically there's going to be, like any good adventure, there's going to be some twists. So there's some differences. You know, maybe the um, surveying department didn't do a great job of updating the map <laughs> last time. And so there's something missing. Or maybe the the clients, the adventurers did something to screw up the dungeon. You know, maybe they exploded something and some walls have fallen down. Um, and I think if you were running like a campaign of this every once in a while, you as the, the lowly grunt, the bruisers, uh, might get, uh, seconded to say marketing and you'd be sent out into the outside world to drop some rumors or, you know, maybe <laughs> to deliver some, you know, or to, to, to maybe spy on the adventurers guild yeah. to figure out what they're up to, you know, see what's hot, what's not, um, so I think there's a lot of fun to be had in just the whole, like, I think slowly as you played it, you would sort of interact with some of the different departments, but the, the core adventure 
conceit is go into a dungeon area, kill the client, bring the stuff back. But there's all the other stuff that, you know, there's the inter uh, intercompany politics that could be going on. Um, and, you know, yeah, and as I said, you could get work with marketing or maybe 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 the maintenance people don't have enough uh, personnel right now. And so you have to go figure out how to reset a bunch of traps or, you know, maybe there was some flooding, you know, this the uh, the lava pits broke and now there's lava that's gotten into the vampire dungeon and you've got to figure out how to clean it up or i don't know when you run into other monsters and things in the dungeon are they just like your colleagues or i mean yeah so they there's there's employees uh who are monsters so you can that's one of the fun i think one of the most fun things is you can play any kind of monster basically um but so there's there's employees and then there are uh, residents and so most of the residents of the dungeon are just monsters that have happened to have moved in and they don't know about the company. And so they're deadly for you also. Okay. So yeah, you, you run into that giant spider that happens to have moved in. Um, now you might happen to also be a giant spider or maybe you're a giant rat and you can have some, you know, some back and forth with this spider. But in general, the, the creatures that live there are, are their own bosses and it, they may or may not be showing up on your map like they may have moved in recently or maybe they've been there for months uh, but there are also employees so like maybe this vampire for example is a full-time job that you know the vampire lives in the dungeon and works for the company and knows about the company because um, one of your goals also of course you have to keep all this info secret from the outside world like if, if, if the adventurers find out that you're running a company to fleece them Things might not go so well. <laughs> so nice, but yeah. So that was that was fun to finally get that. Um, you know, after working on it for months, it was fun to finally see it on the table. Um, Very cool. So that was good, and I think otherwise we just got the usual stuff going on that we'll talk about when we don't have convention fun stuff to talk about. <laughs> All right. Well, moving along, I mean, uh, this this is this may be a record-breaking episode, folks. Uh, we do not have any viewer mail this time around. We, we did have a message, but I felt like it was not a not a kind of like share on air kind of message. It was just a, a guy had written in to ask us like if we were in the area he was in to see if uh, we wanted to meet up or whatever. Um, so figure that's not airworthy. Uh, but uh, but appreciate the reach out. You know, if uh, you know if we had been there, it'd been nice to to. Uh, you know, rolled some dice with some of you listeners, but uh, at any rate, I guess we're moving into the uh, prime real estate here. We're going to talk about this old dungeoning dark of the moon. This old dungeon. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. We have oh. to. <laughs> I think he didn't like it. <laughs> Take it correctly. <laughs> you know, I was. Edwin, uh, Edwin said this is not a review show. It's not a review show. And I, and I a little free, uh, free thing, and I said that's probably a good thing. 
I was with you, but as I got my this old dungeon hat on, I was started looking for the positive and the things that could be used for it. But let's uh, let's back That's up a, a little bit. I, I agree with you there. That's I don't fun. know, Lou. Did you do uh, your usual yeah, hard work? There's not a lot to be had on this one uh, for me, anyhow. Maybe I missed some some uh, avenues I could have went down. But uh, so, Dark of the Moon. This is a, a second edition Ravenloft uh, module. It's written in 1993 or, or, or copyrighted, anyhow. By L. Richard Baker III. Now uh, he he has a pedigree. If you don't already know, uh, this is he, he worked on all the weird titles that TSR had. Did like <laughs> some Spelljammer stuff. Did uh, was one of the guys that kind of like started Birthright and did the big box set for that. Uh, bounced around on a lot of the other projects. Um, did alternative. So we had uh, Bill Slavasek on a long time ago, and he had talked about this a little bit. But him and and uh, Richard, they uh, they're the ones that kind of made Alternity, and then Richard went on to do some of the like Dark Matter and, and some of the other uh, spinoffs for that uh, sci-fi system. Uh, and like all old gamers, apparently, uh, he now works for Elder Scrolls and and does content <laughs> for that video game. Uh, seems like everyone we read up on it ends up uh, there. It seems like I don't know, but um, and then uh, uh, Rob Rupel did the artwork on the cover. So if you guys uh, are not familiar with his work, if you're thinking about the second edition era, the stuff that looks uh, almost a little bit like like photographic, almost uh, uh, oil paintings. Um, I get. It's I where it looks like Harry not. Potter's on the cover. It does, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Although I, I'm I'm gonna say I like this cover. I do I do like it as a cover piece. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great I cover. I don't know that it really encapsules anything that's in the module other than it gives you the sense that a you're going to be dealing man. with werewolves but uh oh, just just the king of cover, bait yeah. and switch here for sure uh great cover great cover i will not say the same thing about the interior artwork but i don't want to get off right now on that yeah but. so the um <laughs> moment on on rupal here uh so he he did the planescape covers as well so if uh if you yeah. really like those covers which were really really evocative for the time that was him and then he went to work for Disney and did uh, the art <laughs> direction on Meet the Robinsons and Brother Bear. So um, maps were done by David Sutherland. So that was kind of cool seeing some yeah. of his later work. Uh, I, I don't know. Super that had to be super late work, right? Particularly stands out of his, but it's just neat to know that he was still you know up and kicking it uh, for TSR at that point. And then Arnie Sweckel is the interior art. And eh, I, I don't know. It's not, it's the, not my... Look, it's just not my jive. So I, that's what I like. To, I, don't, I don't like to say artwork is bad per se. This is not. This no, I liked do, a lot of this artwork actually. The, that's awesome, right? We, yeah, we all look yeah, at things yeah. differently. I, I, for me, it, it doesn't. The artwork, the entry artwork of this book, does not draw me into this book at all. It just, it just doesn't. But that's just me. Again. Yeah. Um, it's not it, my it definitely style. It's not the kind of artwork where you like hold it across the table and you're like, this is what you see. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like there's anything in it that really had that kind of, oh, you've got to see this players. This, this will, you know, make things exact in your mind. It's all kind of like, I think what's, what's for me, what's interesting about the, the interior artwork in here, I, I don't want to be an art snob. This is not the type of artwork that I would expect to see in a middle of the second edition era for, from, TSR. This just is not what they were putting out. Well, in this, it, along that felt, it felt more like uh, 
illustration to help us read the story and i will add sure. that there was a lot of reading of story in this adventure <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get to that <laughs> yeah. no, no i agree this this definitely had more of a like what you'd see i mean like not the style of art but the kinds of content, content. that were in it yeah it's yeah. kind of like a which way book sort of art where oh, i mean a lot know, of it was uh was uh, i mean a lot of them is the continuous characters like these are the, the pcs that we're seeing yeah. here and of course you can never show an illustration to the party of like this is you guys i mean <laughs> right it's just weird right um but it helps for me anyway it helped uh set the mood as i was reading it even if it's not the kind of thing i would show to somebody now the mode of the art i do like because it's kind of got like that scratchy ink lithograph kind of look like yeah. you would see in like the late you know turn of the century and i kind of like that um but it just that what it was portraying i don't know just didn't quite hit for me it, yeah, it just didn't connect with me and that's all i mean i right so and i'm not and like the maps yeah the maps i thought matched and i mean they're very um Yes, they're very drawing, you know, they're they're drawing maps or picture maps. They're quasi isometric, whatever. They look like the kind of map that you would expect the people in the adventure to create if they were yep. trying to create a map of their village yep. or whatever. 100 uh, percent. Yeah, was fun. I, I would down. I was down with that. Yeah. And there's some, so there's some, uh, and I'll, that'll be part of my this whole dungeon. So I don't want to get off on the map. Maybe hand drawn graph paper even. Yeah, <laughs> uh, quite possibly. Kind of fun or trying to, try to look at them, yeah, quite possibly. So, I, I bought this module when it came out, I've not ever got it to the table. Uh, there's we'll talk about some of the reasons why later on, but I did kind of go online just to kind of test the water, see what other people thought. And I kept running into the people that had played it, said that it was one of the most lethal adventures they've ever been on, and not I even got it. in the sense of like the, the dark master's going to get you, like, no, like you you're not going to make it that far. But just the, the environment far. and the amount of monsters thrown at you at one time. Yeah, I could not imagine a party making it through anything, really. I mean, there were a couple, <laughs> like, like there were like three or four encounters, including the weather early on. I was like, each okay. one of these is a TPK. Like, where's so, the fun yeah, here? 100%. So that, that kind of steps into my, I'll step into right into the, like my major critique of this thing is. Uh, but my, my first major critique is this is not a dungeon. This is a read-along story that your players just participate in various things. Um, I think I think I I thought that, but I felt like as it definitely was set up that way. It was absolutely set up. This is going to be boom, 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 boom. But yeah. later on, I felt like the author actually did a nice job of reminding us if they skip this, you can still sure. move to you know that this sure. can still it, it does you have, have some nice agency options. Bolded. You know, you're right. Happened, agency, go here, you know. Agency is the right word. You you definitely need some. I think you would know your group and what your DM agency would be to make this thing work. But you are absolutely right about about the lethality of it. First of all, I was taken back, um, but I was also taken back by like the, the literally the first time you see an encounter or something actually reference something's actually going to happen D and D esque where dice are going to start getting rolled is page, I think is page 17. So, <laughs> and it is only a 60 page book and it's this, uh, the players are moving from one location to another and there's like this howling wind and it's kind of a nice evocative little setup, but there are six cloakers who start howling and the PCs cannot do anything about this. Uh, they attempt to moan for six rounds. 
yeah. uh, if unopposed, which they probably will be, um, the odds of a group of PCs making that many saving throws is just not not a thing. So for a now, crazy dangerous encounter. A, a step um, back. Now this is for fifth to ninth level characters for second right. edition ADD. I, 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 I get pretty it. Pretty heavy hitters, but, but you they would have already really, died on page 14 from the cold. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so the, all right. So the cold rules, and there's like five different things that are like trying to kill your yeah. character just in the environment itself. So like every six hours, you're taking between like one to three d six damage from the cold. Oh, oh yeah, like, no, you're, yeah. you're you're going down about it. You know, you're going uh, down. It, it, it's it, that one one to three is just depending on what you're wearing and whether you get a fire and stuff like that. I like that. I think okay, that's a challenge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, it's, um, a, it's a challenge. All right. Um, and, well, uh, and you. you yeah, you start the adventure damage, right? I mean, you're, you yeah. you are brought into this world with these mist wolves, and even that could be a TPK pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I don't know. Okay, I I, I, I don't want to. Like, I'm not going to dig dig into all the little encounters. I mean, there's some good ones in here. There's some. We're probably going to gotta pick like, a lane here. We're kind of bouncing everywhere. We're so. bouncing all over. <laughs> I, I think let's the, back everything up. Rewind the whole thing. Get back everything else. You know, so, there's an overall story here. Yeah, let's it's let's see. Overall, what's this about, guys? Yeah, it's it and I'll let you do that because honestly, I did not read this cover to cover. So you're gonna Lou, you're gonna be better at just me. It has a very Ravenloft feel. It uses the you know Romanian names throughout. Um to me that take that sometimes that takes me a little bit out of D D, but um feels like I'm I'm playing in Transylvania instead of a D, &D <laughs> setting. Um and it, it's well, there is actually somebody who had worked literally worked for the czar so <laughs> no i mean like that there's a line right. like before yeah. this before this so, village got it says yeah. he worked for the czar he was a soldier for the czar or something so they're yeah. they're for, really trying this uh real it, world it, it, yeah. It, it's, yeah and i don't you know and that okay, might be so normal for most two weeks, i guess that's so. the first thing so it's ravenloft so in yeah. ravenloft in case somebody listening doesn't understand this the setting of ravenloft is basically like the twilight zone like like there's all these people that have done really bad things, supposedly, and uh, depending on your point of view, <laughs> and uh, they and the land they live in has been wrenched from wherever it existed and is now in the domain of dread where forever and ever curses fall upon it until somebody comes in and writes the wrongs. Um, so in this case, this has a very, I, I would say it's more Russian. I think it's it's definitely pushing towards like, Russia. you know, like the, the, the Siberia. Russian veld yeah. area. Um, and, uh, you, you've got this guy that was a hunter and he got trapped out in the cold. Uh, his, his name is Gregor. And, um, so, uh, he was kind of put in a position where he thought he's going to die and he runs across this, you know, big black wolf that's majestic and all this, but it's also injured and going to die. And he remembers these old timers talking about this ceremony that you could make yourself a werewolf. And so he, he kills the black wolf and he eats its heart and its brains to give him the the cunning and the courage of a wolf. And then he drapes the the uh, skin upon himself, and it turns him into this new kind of werewolf, basically a skinwalker. Um, oh, what they call it in here? And here they call it the uh, the loup de noir. Um, so you know, so th this is part of this adventure is you've got a new type of werewolf. And granted, you know, the skinwalkers and all that, as far as I can find, is all very exclusively Native American territory, it's like mostly like Navajo like legend. Navajo, yeah, it's, I don't know how, yeah, yes. yeah. But but they've put it into Russia, and um, 
and it's interesting anyhow, something different, right? So he he only turns into a werewolf when he puts his cloak on, and it gives him a, a few different powers than your common werewolf would have. Um, in this adventure, all the werewolves uh, are either humans or were or, or wolf form. They don't have the uh, the hybrid form uh, throughout the adventure. So it's kind of cool in that sense because the characters are never really sure what they're facing because they're always like, is this just like a group of like, you know, dire wolf type creatures that are attacking us or are they werewolves? There's, a, you know, a little bit of, you know, apprehension there. And the whole adventure is basically the the characters have been like thrown into this land on the foot trails of somebody that was trying to get out of it. Um, they use that person's map uh, to try to figure out what's going on and get themselves around and try to survive this this horrible landscape where there's almost no food. It's absolutely you know freezing cold, and uh, you know the uh, there's there's wolves out to hunt them almost constantly. Uh, so that's kind of in a, in a nutshell. They basically have got to figure out how to defeat the the master of the realm, which is this this Gregor as this this uh, skinwalker werewolf, to be able to then exit the realm i think that's a nutshell maybe <laughs> yeah so the, that seems pretty you know they're moving around the map they don't really at first know what they're doing or why they're doing it as they go to villages they start to learn like the history of the world and, and why gregor's a bad dude um and then we get into that kind of lack of agency thing that you were talking about bill where basically the there are parts of the adventure that really lean towards the characters have to be captured or they have to be you know, defeated or they have to, you know, go to a certain place and learn from somebody, the the, the one key that will help them defeat the other person. Um, it, it, there's a lot of that. There's a, there's a, a, a great deal of the DM reading um, uh, player, dis, player description or player information allowed to the players with not a lot happening in between it. Like, there's like just whole swaths. I'm of not. It. I'm not sure about. I because I started thinking about that also, and the I feel like there was. I think that the stuff that the players do, although it's not at all described and not talked about at all, actually would take a lot of time. Yeah, I agree. It, it, so I well so I agree like, with I'm, you that I, the module is because it's not a dungeon, right? It's not. Here's a room. Here's some stuff in the room. It's, it's it's a not, like here's um, a town or here's a forest and or here's a community to interact with and I I I can imagine people spending a significant amount of time playing at the table based on these I do agree with you based on these sort like of it, it, it looks like the read alouds are back to back like you're saying right but, but but a lot of times in between them is like they have to travel from this town to that town and that's a day's journey and you know. You got to deal with the cold. You got to deal with you know possibility of random encounters or what have you, um, it, or you're in a town and you get there in one one passage, read aloud passage, and then the next one's supposed to be the next day. So it's presumed that the the characters are out there talking to people, trying to figure things out, uh, trying to build alliances or what have you. So I I, I can see what you're saying, Bill. It, it did feel like a, a story adventure, <laughs> um, but then I think Edwin's right. The the, the little beats in between at the table are going to grow pretty big. It, it's quite possible when you actually play it, you might have a, right, a different take that I'm having just by reading it. Um, Cause I obviously have never played this. Um, but again, you know, again, I'm, it doesn't just, it, the, yeah, there's a lot of in between the line stuff here. And I understand there's a lot could be going on in between these things, but there also could be not a lot going on. Yeah. In between the sections. <laughs> and, um, 
one thing I felt is like almost all the encounters um, that they put forth that are like, this is going to happen are, are mostly just combat encounters and not really like, there's not really like any other way around them, you know, and that there's one or two, like when the town's being sieged where you can like try to make a deal with Gregor or whatever, but that is one of the, that is one of the things I actually really liked about this was that portion of it. Um, that's one of the few sections I kind of <laughs> like, but um I don't know. It just seems to give you a lot and at the same time not give you a lot. And I know it sounds confusing, but um you know, I I, I am this what the problem I'm gonna have here is my my dungeon building philosophy for uh publication angle. Okay, let's just talk about my my pace setter hat back on. You know, we believe my philosophy has always been. My job is to make the job of the dungeon master easier, right? And if my book doesn't do that on every step along the way, then I haven't succeeded. And that's just how I feel about this thing. I feel like as a DM, I would just have to do so much fucking work to make this thing work. Um, you're not going to play this on the fly. You're, you're going to have to have all kinds of notes probably set aside as you prep for this thing. Um, yeah. that that's to me where it seems that it just breaks down, you know, but that also has, again, there, there, there's some, definitely some redeeming qualities out of here. It, you know, I'm, I'm already going straight to my, this whole dungeon thing. Cause I just don't want to talk about what's in here that much <laughs> <laughs> to me. It's not that interesting. Um, but there are a couple of interesting counts that the, the town siege or attacked, you know, part, I, I, I think that is a great section. You could just rip right out of here and you could inject that. I mean, I think there might be a series there's several encounters you could pull out of here in your own campaign and drop them in. Like as your players are moving from one location to another, I'm not in love. I'll, I'll also make this. I like the Ravenloft campaign setting a little bit. I don't love it. I don't think I would want to spend a lot of time there as a DM or, or I wouldn't want to play it. I don't mm -hmm. mind playing. If I pull out I six Ravenloft or on that module, I'm all in. I'm all in. I love that module. It's a great module. It's a ton of fun. Uh, do I want to play an entire campaign set and built around all this stuff? I've just never been impressed enough to do that. It just, uh, it doesn't do it for me. And this module to me really kind of reinforces that. I mean, if it's your bag, it's your bag. If it's not your bag, take, you know, take a book like this and take a, a part of one of the chapters out, you know, as, as crazy evil as that cloaker encounter I mentioned earlier is it's actually a great encounter. I do like it a lot. I mean, you know, and there's snow cloakers, the snowstorm and the wind howling, right? And the, the cloakers are kind of masked by that wind howling or that the players think that's what it is, but they're actually being, you know, attacked by the cloakers moaning power. I mean, it, 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 to me, that's a cool encounter. And I, I like that. Um, but to me, this isn't a venture I would, I would think to rewrite. I would just rip pieces of it out of it and use it. In other oh, that's interesting because I I took a yeah I took a completely different uh, tear on it because I I was I reading it you, I thought you would so that's yeah I was reading it <laughs> I was hating it I was reading it I was hating it and then it slowly started to grow on me it's like okay you actually have some flexibility some agency whatever and then I was realizing that the only part that I really didn't like was the Ravenloft 
was the fact that you are sucked into this other world and you can't get out and the mountain passes like that to me, like, I don't like Ravenloft for that either. Like that, that conceit to me is what ruined this. I, and so for me, just getting rid of that and just saying you're in the cold, there's awesome cold stuff going on. You've yeah. got a bunch of wolves and werewolves running around and you want to help these villagers um, do their thing. And if you get beat up too much, you can leave and then the villagers are just going to end up dead or whatever. Like to me, I thought the whole adventure for me as a GM and I think as a player works really well as soon as you're not stuck in Ravenloft. Like, so that was actually my big, this whole dungeon was like, just get rid of the, the shell of it and just run this as a normal, you know, you're just in a cold part of your world and doing your thing, you know, and I would also get rid of some of the, uh, you know, the real worldy stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it, to me, know, that, that doesn't, it, doesn't help me. It doesn't help me at all. It takes me out of it. Right. It, to me, right. It takes, yeah. Ditto. All it just takes me right out of it for my, again, like, I, I don't love to always tell people what they should think. Although I will sometimes this, this romanticism with using all these Russian names or Romanian stuff or whatever it is they're trying to use here. Um, I mean, I'm sure some just, people's, some people's home campaigns, have this already as part of their For cold sure, stuff absolutely. and then you use it, but whatever it is you have Perfect, in your cold right? world. But but to it. me, you're, you're right. Edwin. It's like, if you're like force feeding this right Ravenloft uh, uh, setting on you as part of the adventure and it takes away, you're probably right. It just takes a, a great deal away from it uh, for me. It just, it does. I also, by the way, I do like, I know we talked about the map shortly, uh, there's some great maps in here to use. There's a couple of cool village maps. Yeah. Um, there, 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 there's some pieces in here again. For me, this is for me this is a, a dissection a kit. Yeah, project, a toolbox thing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that for me. And and I, I, I honestly, I, I like, um, uh, I like Baker's work. I've read a bunch of his stuff. This to me does this isn't a hit for me, but. You know, um, that's again not a not a knockout. He's, I think he's done some actually fantastic work. So, um, like I said, Lou, what's seemed, your like uh, Lou was saying? He seemed to get saddled with all the TSR yeah, no, stuff so, that nobody else wanted to do. So <laughs> I, I, I'm 180 degrees on a lot of this stuff with you guys. I really dig the Russian stuff. I don't think that you know I, I'm with you on the idea that I think this works better as oh, you know, the, the party decides they're going way up north on this campaign world, and you know what? This is the place that's there instead of, you know, dropping them in where they can't get back out. I agree with you on that. But I, I, I like the thematic feel of it. Um, I, I, I like this, like, desperate cold wilderness uh, and this idea of, like, I mean, like, the, the Baker even writes at the beginning that uh, if played well at some point in this adventure, the PCs should entertain the idea of maybe we should be, maybe we should get bitten. Maybe we should become worse. Right, that exactly. might be the only way we survive. Well, I think that is it, one important thing for all of us to keep. This is written as a horror, which is super yeah. hard to do in D and D, but this is written as a horror adventure. And so all of this is stacked up to make the PCs feel as powerless as possible. Mm -hmm. And it, to the point where you would think about wanting to become a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, pushing against another, that, like another the re another reason I can't stand this thing because I just I hate <laughs> anything to do with with 
the vampire and werewolves as player character thing. Well, you you lose your character as yeah, soon as the yeah. You I, I, lose I, your I character. You can do what you want, but typically that means they're under the control of great. Right. I, no, I, I I know what you're saying, but to me again, I I I, I don't even like using the word agency because I think I, I I think player agency is something that is been blown out of proportion but it's the, this module seems to take some of uh, just it's got that almost like i oh i don't want to say it but it almost has that Dragonlance feel to it places <laughs> um that, that i just don't like just doesn't work for me but again there's all right lou lou I, back I, to I, you lou I, I, i'm out I'm, I'm out i'll let you guys finish stroking this thing I, 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 I like the the werewolf. I you know I, I grant it you know it's a cultural steal, but it's it's something different and interesting. I like this idea that man, if we can find where he where he keeps that you know skin and destroy it, you know we can destroy him. Um, I, I like the uh, the witches in the woods. I mean that's yep. very Russian feeling uh, to it and all this, but the overall arc that oh basically you know from the get go, I think the players are going to presume that you know. That the main bad guy is the uh, the werewolf. I don't think there's much of the a mystery. Yeah, I, there's no mystery it, here. I don't think. It, and I feel like that's a that's a kind of a that's a convention you have to have for a werewolf story. That that what makes a werewolf story kind of interesting is not knowing who the wolf is, uh, yeah. and, and having to second guess: Did we pick the right village to to defend here, or are these guys the werewolves? You know, um, yeah, you know. Uh, but I do like the survival angle of it. I like this, you know, um, I like how they set it up. I like it. that Okay, we're going to dump you in this foreign land where the environment is going to kill you. But the first thing you're going to come across is, a, is is the guy that you just found dead's camp and he's got a map. And and you can at least use that to navigate. I kind of think that was a clever. Setup. There's a lot of fun friendlies in here. I like I liked a lot of the friendlies. Yeah, um, I, I feel like. A lot of the other encounters are, are bland. That they, they don't like, like they. There's an encounter with the uh, oh, I forget the name they throw on them, but they're basically just like frost wraiths. I yeah. thought that they didn't really oh, offer much fun. more than a regular wraith. Um, no, they're they're not even as interesting as a regular. I would have cut that encounter. That one to me had no no help with the story. Like that's the one in the blizzard. Yeah, yeah. yeah that to me was useless. I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't thematic. It wasn't. It no. didn't, I mean, the only thing it's, I assume it's just about getting rid of um, resources and stuff. Yeah. And that one, that one, I agree with you. I would, I would it, cut that one. I felt that was the same way with the two uh, snow cloaker encounters um, that the Yen, Yeniskis, uh, that, that they won't, they didn't serve any plot purpose. So, I mean, it'd be cool if they were a random encounter, but to make them like a staged encounter and you're, you're not revealing anything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it goes, it goes to what Bill was saying as far as like, it starts making you feel like you're on tracks Instead of just, you know, exploring right. this weird, you know, deadly frontier here. I mean, I guess it helps you realize the deadliness of the frontier. And and, and from the player's perspective, there's no difference between a set encounter and a random encounter. Right? I mean, if they're walking through the woods, they have no clue whether yeah. the module says they're going to see this no matter which way they go or whether you just roll a die and it shows up. And to me, those are equally... I mean, it doesn't Other than matter, the right? box text. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't the only the only thing i say it's kind of a, the, the subversion of expectation where they're they're rolling through this adventure they know they have a purpose and then i mean i'm all about dropping the random encounter too but in, in this one it feels like the random encounters may not like the players have no clue they're random encounters and then they won't survive them <laughs> i don't know it just feels like it, 
yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a I mean to I mean to me to me those things and, are uh, very much a GM pacing tool to use or not use. Right? If 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 your players need a combat yeah. in this 4 hour, you know, it's Friday evening and they've been talking to a bunch of people and having fun with that and then they've been suffering with a cold and they hate you for that and they really just want a combat. Okay, great. You throw a combat for them, right? You give them a combat. And if they don't need a combat, as you know, as Louis, you're saying, it doesn't help the plot any. So there's no reason to have it if it's not useful. Then you just sort of let them carry on and they get to the next story, you know, next thing that's interesting in the big picture. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is it's it's they're all very much definite combats. They're not like Right, you're not. You're, you're not gonna not like talk the your kind way of out of it. Where oh, it's an owl bear. Let's you know, let's mask Get our sense food and see what it's or, doing. Maybe right. You know, I don't know. There's just no other way through these. But you're gonna fight this thing. Um, That's true. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, as far as this whole dungeon in it, um, yeah, I mean, you could part it out. Uh, you can take elements from it, like the the setting, uh, the, the the whole idea of a you know frigid adventure and you know, the werewolves and everything. I think, I think that's cool. I think the idea of being, you know, pursued across a, a, a great distance by wolves. Uh, I think that's a scary image. Yeah. It, it could is. be made to play well. Um, it, it doesn't tough. really chase. Do... I feel like the big chase stuff is hard though. I was thinking about how to actually work that and run it and like, man, how to do it without it being, and it's funny. This adventure talks a lot about, uh, you might have to cheat here just to make this work. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, how do you do this? Like, you've got these wolves that are fast, and it's like, well, you know, the clever party might escape them for a few hours or might escape them for a few days, depending on where you're at. And I was like, but how do you decide? And that's, I think, yeah. Bill, where you're talking about the lack of tools for the GM. It, it, I found that wild because, like, one, one of the early encounters, you're up against, what is it, uh, 10 wolves, six werewolves, and the, and the skinwalker. I mean, right. it's just like... I think second encounter yeah. and uh, and it says, Oh, well you can sit and fight them. And if you can defeat eight of them, they'll, they'll take off uh, or you can flee. And then like the next page, they'll says, kill you. Yeah. If you flee, they kill you, they, they kill the slowest one, you know? Yeah. And then I, I guess that's the cool thing is it does say once they kill somebody, like they all just, they just eat them, them. And, and leave you yeah. alone for a while. <laughs> but it's like, wait, you got to give me rules for, you know, how can they outrun them? Or, you know, how is there ways to slow them down? Well, they do say early on that, right? They do say early on that, and I actually like that this image that they talked about. Although again, they don't give rules for it, but they say, you know, in five E terms, this is the whole place is difficult terrain, right? They don't actually say that, but you know, like this is, and this is a place where, as hard as it is for the PCs to get around these wolves, it's you know they're super fluid in there. So I feel like. It, yeah, as I say, in 5e terms, you know, the wolves, A, have a higher movement naturally, and it's not difficult terrain for them. But for the PCs, the whole the whole country is is difficult terrain. Like, it doesn't matter where you are, <laughs> you're in half movement. But yeah, so I guess, you know, uh, having some plan for, you know, how you're going to mechanically figure that out or, or or figuring something out where, I don't know. Maybe you have. Uh, I know the rivers are frozen in this land, but but maybe yeah. uh, maybe they can't cross the river, and you can figure that out early on, so you at least can find, you know, build for them a little territory where the players know they they can have like a little haven. Um, mm. I don't know. I guess that takes away the the horror of the it horror all. part of it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not a, it's, it's really is a survival horror adventure. I think like, can you survive long enough to get the information you need to, to get rid of Gregor? Like that seems like sort of the, the feel of it somehow. And I, I, there's a lot not to like about survival horror. If, you know, <laughs> if it's not your thing, it's absolutely yeah, not yeah. your thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a very different kind of game than, a lot of other RPG stuff, especially fantasy, you know, stuff that we're normally playing in uh, well, talking it, about here. And to kind of accentuate what Bill was saying, like Ravenloft games are kind of like story oriented. Like you don't play a Ravenloft game where you're like exploring and poking things and figuring things out like you do in a, in a typical dungeon. Normally the game is like figure out the story behind what's going on in the setting and then figure out how to alter that story, which is, right. you know, a lot different than your classic dungeon uh, module would be. Does that make sense? Like it's really like most of these modules are all very heavily pitted on the the, the characters involved in them. That is right. The NPC yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The and curse, what their man. backstory is and what they're doing. Yeah, uh, and I guess maybe that that's that is interesting because I, 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 I agree with you, and I I think I sort of forget that that is such a novelty because like a lot of the stuff that we do is that like I, uh -huh. maybe you know i feel like we do i i certainly think we get a lot of story stuff out there character driven stuff curse driven stuff whatever it is that's not a dungeon exploration or dungeon delve it's more of a yeah more of a story in that sense and there's combats and there's social things and there's exploration and there's mysteries so i guess i agree with you um and and I'm just trying to put it into context of when this, you know, what what was around this at the time, mm -hmm. which would have been more, yeah, dungeon based. I, yeah, dungeon based adventures of go in and eventually bring back the jewels and. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've only read one other um, second edition Ravenloft adventure. One more than I I've read. I believe it, it was like low level. <laughs> What was it, Bill? Um, <laughs> it's a low level one, and I, I like first or third level, something like that. And I believe it had something to do with like a serial killer um, running around well, there's this one village. Called the there was Hours a bunch of zombies. Where like, it's a Jack the Ripper doppelganger. That ain't it. No. 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 I, I could probably look it up, uh, but I'm there, afraid there's I'm one that's low level called The Created, which the is fight. like these toys that kill people. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't. I, you know what? I have seen that one, and I do not like that one. <laughs> that either. one definitely has a, a less D and D feel than probably any of the others. I mean, you basically feel like you're in a Chucky movie or whatever. I still got you guys. I'm I'm trying to do something I normally don't do. I got two screens. <laughs> oh my gosh! And... and you're driving your car. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I am not driving my car. Oh, I did volunteer to do that based on the night we were doing this. It was actually kind of a fun little adventure, and I was kind of hoping this would be along the same think, thing. Uh, just uh, fairly well versed, really was not. And it's low level. <laughs> I thought it was a serial killer, the guy who's actually like causing all the problems. And now I'm not going to fight. Like I'm just flipping you through. Any other thing about it, like where um, it took place, or it was in? A, I thought it was in oh, a, okay. Night no, of the that's Walking a zombie Dead. One. That's a good uh, one. That is really good. It's got like a Louisiana. Yeah, it's a zombie one, but I think there's some guy killing people or something in it too, or so I don't remember. Maybe I'm maybe I'm confusing it with something else. But I do. I enjoyed that one. I thought that was a nice adventure. RQ one Night of the Walking Dead. And I am not an authority on the Ravenloft campaign. This was 
this was always kind of in my opinion i don't know how tsr created all this shit based on one adventure well, one thing i was curious about because uh, um, the 5e um curse of strahd has a big you know, has a, I think it's much larger than the Ravenloft, the the one he or the, whatever the original By a Ravenloft. Billion miles, it's, it's much larger. Like actually, Twenty different it's adventures actually, than uh, Ravenloft. <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to trying to it's, yeah, it's trying to really think nice about. Though. You guys got the one like the big. I don't have that one. Box no. Set? no, I don't have that. But I was trying I to think about because how the big werewolf awesome. part of Curse of Strahd. I was expecting this to sort of be the the obvious predecessor to that, and. I don't think it is. I mean, because there certainly are a bunch of werewolves in Curse of Strahd, and there's a whole, like, and there's a cave, and you got to go, I mean, you don't have to, but one of the things you can do in that uh, adventure is to go fight. But I feel like this storyline is completely unrelated, which which surprised me a little bit. What was your thought? So one of the things that bothered me, and I was trying to think about how to make better, is there's, there's this, the cool-ish thing where the Gregor says to them all, hey, if you can make it back to, I didn't like how they had to set it up because the setup is a railroad to get to this point. But if you get to this point, Gregor strips you of your stuff and says, hey, if you can make it back to my city before we kill you, then you can become parts, you can join us, right? And and that I think that's a fun, like that is a fun race and a fun you know encounter. And then I think it leads to potentially fun uh double uh double play if you, if you do make it back to the village then you get to you know reverse it on him because now presumably they think that you're about to become part of them so that, that was kind of neat but the only way it seems like the author could think that the players were ever going to make it is that these witches come and rescue you out of the cold yeah and and I dislike in general this idea of the heroic NPCs that that save your ass and you know you're you're just you know you can't do it yourself but oh but here's the NPC I've never yes it's one of my pet peeves right is uh when that so I was trying to think about what what I don't know if either of you thought about what you would do differently. Like, because I like the witches and I absolutely want the characters to meet them because they're fun characters. Like they're, 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 they're mean and they're cheap. Like, you know, they'll help you, but they're going to, you know, they're looking for money. And and I like that about the villages too. Like you go to the villages and they're not giving you food. They're trading you for food. They're trading you for food. Because they're so desperate. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I like, I like this book for ripping those things out and placing those as like, in between encounter, like in between adventures or something like that. If I got my PCs moving from one place to another and uh, in a winter setting, I, I you know, I, I love the, the, like I said, the one town thing I think is, is you could do a lot with it. I love the witch count. I think it's actually great. I, I, mean, I was thinking about, you know, one. can we send um, them to the witches, you know, maybe like as opposed to having them get rescued by the witches is so, there a way for them to go to the witches to beg for help and you know to try a to... plume of smoke in the distance yeah. you know, signifying a chimney or something? Yeah, for sure. I I think they have to go there, and I think you have to have the witches. I mean, I don't, I don't remember. The, I I just I honestly I, I just skimmed yeah. over most of this book, so um, I kind of slowed down with the witches. So I think I'm, I'm not sure what the witches actually asked the PCs for, but I think having them be like. Um, I, 
obvious or not or not obvious like just hidden motives in helping the PCs, but because they're going to get something out of this, um, almost making them look like a, a, a secondary villain, um, you know, the yeah. enemy of my enemy kind of thing. I mean, yeah, it seemed like they were mostly. I, think I mean, they hate they hate their. I mean, it's their brother, right? It's yeah, yeah they're they're Gregor's the sister, so brother, they, they hate they, they hate Gregor the brother, like that, yeah, and and for good reason. That's yeah. just fine. Yeah, so but, I guess we forgot about that part too in the description of it. Yeah, so the reason this whole thing's cursed. Is because Gregor was using his wolf powers to hunt, and his wife thought he was cheating on her, so she started cheating on him. Then he found out, and then killed her, and the and like everybody. And then later on, ended up killing his own mother, and then his sisters were mad at him. So it's cold convoluted. He's killed a whole bunch. <laughs> well, of and there's another. There. There's a second wife that second wife, yeah, that, gets killed because of the mother, and then he kills the mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of soap opera going on in the yeah. background that yeah, so the, most the of it the player characters will never see. He killed the, their mother. Right, and I wasn't sure how to get all that to the table either, in which case you may as well get I, rid of it. A lot of this could be like a rumor table, right? Like yeah, you could set up a lot of a very cool scenario here with, with rumors about, oh, and the black, the, this person thinks the black wolf is that person. And, you know, the oh, there's rumors that uh, the that, that uh, his his sisters are still alive and live in a cabin in the woods and you know i, I don't know there, there could be a whole game here that's not and i guess there were fed. a few there were a few npcs actually that they meet relatively early on where it just says these folks know most of what's in the introduction so i guess it does actually get to the table because in conversation uh if they if they choose to speak to the villain and i think this is part of the stuff like between the read aloud uh-huh there's there's like you know half an hour of chatting with the villagers where the GM is pulling stuff from the intro and leaking it out to the to the players in conversation with all these people and that to me seemed cool. I like the journal handout too. Like there's there, I feel like there is enough stuff that is discovered by the characters in character to keep it lively and interesting. It's just not well packaged. I think this thing suffers from being poorly presented there was an execution problem um again and that's if again from my mindset if if i can't look at something and just kind of go through it real quick and have a basic understanding you're saying you're lazy of how things are going to work <laughs> and how to what they're yeah, right what the what the you know what the characters are supposed to do what yeah. their motivations are um, what the, what the, you know, one or two twists to the plot are and that kind of thing. Um, if, if that's not, um, well laid out for me in a book. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree that so, I think there's two different, that's where I come across two different, this two old different dungeons. Things. I don't think the and one is if I were to publish this, what yeah, I would do differently. Really <laughs> and the other is if I were going to run it, what would I do differently? And I'm, I think I'm a hundred percent with you on all and the, that, what I would do differently if it were to be published. Yeah, and, and that's where just yeah, that's where I'm coming off on this thing because I just I I I I got into like three when I started reading this I got three or four pages into it and I was just I was like pulling my hair out yeah like, this is not I'm gonna put it right <laughs> back on the shelf at the at the, at the hobby <laughs> store so um, where Lou would have been like I'm in baby I'm in I, there's very <laughs> few modules that I don't at least read to the end I mean there's a few out there I haven't but. But I gotta see. I gotta see. Does it redeem itself? What does it have in there that that you would have missed if you didn't? You know. Well, and and, and that's a good thing. So I didn't read. I will. I'll 
I will take the time to read through the whole thing because I, I do like reading modules. I, I really do. I love doing that. Uh, to me, it's like reading a novel app. But so I will see if I come across and have Edwin's same opinion because Edwin, like you said, he read it and and he kind of they swung him. And by the end, well, it, it, it and I mean I had to uh, do some work to swing also. Like I had to start thinking about actually putting it, right. this to the table and what I would. Yeah. you know, I was like, okay, that that could be cool. It wasn't presented yeah. cleanly, but now I I think I can understand that. If I do this and that, I can pull that right. together. Yeah. But this, this, I agree. This would be a lot of work. And you'd want to have a, I think you'd want to have a set of players that you knew well and were really comfortable with because there's so much up in the air and there's so much. Um, I think that goes maybe. for the whole Raven. Yeah, but there's there's, so, there's yeah. so much. Right. Um, I think it's requirement for the players not even the characters but the players to come up with cool ideas and for the gm to adjudicate if they work without as, as you said but without having many tools to help adjudicate and and that i think you would really want to have a tight group that was comfortable like where you're not going to get pissy with each other as you're talking through there's got to be a lot of there's a lot of player a lot of player buy-in required well, that too. in this kind of thing and again, that's, that's why I was making that Dragonlance. Well, I didn't, I didn't see it. You know, I didn't see the buy-in. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's a, it's a flavor of Dungeons and Dragons. It's definitely not everybody's flavor. Uh, yeah. So I, I agree with you guys. You know, people that want to play this, they're, they're kind of they're going to be interested in having like the, the the brooding, you know, environment that their characters are going through. They're going to understand that this is not, you know. Um, that it's 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 set against them to, to begin with that it's it's meant to be like that it's going to be hard it's going to be you know um, a yeah. survival horror scenario that um, and that they're going to have to take an interest in the world around them to be able to figure it out and to, right. to solve the problem if, if they if they want the world to be about them and their actions uh, it, it may not be as you know, fun to play through as someone that's more interested. In, I want to know what the story is behind all this stuff. You know, who is that guy? What? Why is that person doing right. that? yeah i didn't see it as the same like i feel like the dragon lance buy-in is you have to be willing to be a, a tourist just a, a a train you know and i didn't oh, see 100%. that like this there's a it's lot hold on. there's a lot of buy-in required here i absolutely agree with you but i don't think it's that buy-in it, it's not yeah. that's why i was careful to say yeah. it reminds me of that i would say it was the same meaning was it's buy-in in the in it what lou was saying it's buy-in in the odds are against you the environment's against you the the world like, yeah. and that you are going to be just scrabbling the entire time like you're just gonna suck from the beginning of the adventure all the way until this pretty heroic ending but even that you know like you're just right on the edge um well it's it's the uh it's the horror yes, element exactly. they're trying to pull through here right like the fear the fear of yeah. death and fear of and, and the and that, the horror that, of they're uh, trying to convey yeah, I mean it's a Call of Cthulhu adventure, right? It's it's the horror that you get when you're powerless. Sure. And so they're they're trying to take a, yeah. a bunch of eighth level two e characters and figure out how to make them <laughs> not superheroes, <laughs> make them suck. And 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 look, two two e's like seventh, eighth, ninth level characters yeah. are fairly yeah. strong. Yeah. At first, I was like, you're gonna throw werewolves yeah. at them right out of the gate. They need magic weapons or silver. And I'm like, oh wait, they're, they've got a backpack full of that crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, right at the beginning, it's like, don't give them too many magic items because I was like, right, just they're just dead right off the top. <laughs> well, I, I was also thinking about, you know, how many of them are likely to have great food and water, right? There's a great thing they can trade. I was trying, like, I was starting to think about what sort of clever things player characters might do because absolutely, like, this one of the things they say early on is that everybody in this world is low level, and that's the exception of some of the villains. But it means that if you come in with the ability to cure wounds, lay on hands, create food and water, create heat. I feel like you have such a great amount that you can barter with these guys that there's, there's a whole lot of fun social engagement that could go on and a lot of ways to build up your, your world and, you know, gather effectively retainers and, mm-hmm. um, you know, to have, have uh, allies and so forth. And then similarly, well, that, that is, I'm but sorry, no, similarly, they talk about you know that uh, there's a you know they give specific examples of a few spells that would help you escape the wolves pretty darn easily, and I thought, yeah, and of course those are just the ones that are right here. I mean, player characters I feel like are so damn in- players are so damn inventive. You get a yeah, table yeah. like I was, so that actually excited me. Is what you know you just throw this shit at them and see what the players come up with. I was like, man, I bet there's some good stuff that comes out of some of the. Like I bet some of the table stories from this adventure are pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I, I was just going to go back and say one of the few things I really do enjoy about, um, like I said, only like the two or three Ravenloft things I've read beyond the first, beyond the original two modules is that uh, there there aren't a lot of powerful NPCs out there to bail you out. There might be powerful creatures or something to help you out. The witches, for example, that kind of thing. Um, but that is the one thing I do like about it because that's my own kind of style too. I, I do not like D&D, the D&D world of every town you walk into, there's 55 player right. character style right. NPCs running around doing something, right? I can't, I, I, to, I just don't like that. I've never liked, I think, I think the character should really be, they are, they are the true diamonds in the rough, like a, a even a first level character is an oddity in the world of D&D. There's just, there's not very Speaking of oddities, so I, one I thing like, that I completely forgot to mention about this, but I did think about is everybody's a human. Yeah. Right? Which yeah. is Ravenloft. Well, Ravenloft. Well, yeah, but it's not right. Ravenloft. It's, that's what's interesting, right? This yeah. is a village that got transferred to Ravenloft. So there's no reason that the home village, which happens to be, you know, Russia... Uh, but like, there's no D and D reason. I don't think why that home village had to be all human. This is some other village. I, I don't think they no. use a lot of elves and halflings. Right, so so Ravenloft, any Ravenloft, stuff Ravenloft right? has them, but but it is more predominantly human than than other species. Yeah, human centric camp. So I think like that's another sure. thing that yeah. would be like this adventure doesn't even talk about that at. Oh, like imagine you're a party of two dwarves no. and a couple elves and a halfling or whatever. <laughs> and like, is that these, like, how do the villagers react to you? You know, how did, have they ever heard of an elf before? Probably not. Cause they're just a bunch of cursed humans from Russia who used to work for the czar. And now here they're like, you know, <laughs> like they don't even believe in, you know, they're not even sure there's that werewolves exist. Right. I mean, these, these people are very, very non D and D characters, right. They don't live in a world with magic. They don't live in a world with monsters other than, you know, just straight up wolves. 
and and the cloakers and the yeah <laughs> well but i'm not sure they know about the cloakers yeah, they, right? they might not they probably don't <laughs> dead the lucratas and the Right. I, mean, I mean the witches that. i guess the witches lay exception to this but other i mean just imagine if you had a, like a really good like if one of the pcs was like a eighth or ninth level oh player. man yeah yeah, yeah they do mention right like now. that's you know they, they, they mentioned a couple of key classes and they're at the beginning and, and one of the things that they say is that like, like your magic users yeah they're okay but really what what you want in this adventure is a ranger a druid <laughs> and i forget <laughs> what the other one was they mentioned yeah but, uh, yeah um well, you, you, I do want to yeah, say one thing because earlier I was talking about how I like the journal and the map that you find at the beginning, but there is one thing on it that just it tickles me to no end. There's actually <laughs> so this this supposed to be the you know the the last journal of this guy that you find dead at the very beginning, uh, and he's made all these handwritten notes on it, and he wrote a note uh, for the area where his camp is, and he he writes here on his own map, leaving extra gear here, wolves chasing me again. <laughs> like, like it's like right. Monty Python, you know, where it's like, ah, wait, why did he write? Ah? <laughs> I was thinking the other the other character class you uh, want is a monk because those poor player characters get their weapons taken away from them so many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking about the the who's gonna get you know the slowest character is gonna get caught and eaten. Right, exactly, <laughs> Not gonna be him. exactly. It's gonna be that dwarf. <laughs> dwarf, yeah, poor dwarf. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, I think we beat this yeah. one to death. Uh, what do you think of the um, just the concept of this the the, the wolf skin being the the power for the the werewolf? Do you think that would translate well to like a, a Call of Cthulhu type? Uh, oh yeah, scenario? I mean, I mean that's I thought that was awesome. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I loved. I love the folklore ending. So right, you got to salt the, the 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 skin before he puts it on. To me, that was like I just love that image of sneaking in, salt, and then you know watching when the bad guy is like, <laughs> you know, then he's just like, <laughs> you know, like to me that, and then you still have to kill him. I, right? he's turns, I would, and then you, but yeah. now you can kill him with like to me that was. That was pure Call of Cthulhu. Like you know, find find the way to make the monster yeah, vulnerable I, I like, and then kill the monster. I was. Yeah, I, I'm always I'm down with that. I, I I absolutely love that style of thing. I I like it when artifacts or things twist uh, an NPC into something that he otherwise wouldn't be, or give him. You know, I I don't know. In Champions, you call it the uh, um, a focus is what they call it, um, which is a device or a piece of equipment that gives you your powers. I I really like that kind of thing, and I like how they like Edwin says. Um, it, you know, you can, it's like a non D and D thing that you can like by non D and D thing. I mean, like you're not using a spell right. or you're not using a thief's pick lock ability or something, you know, whatever uh, to affect the end of this adventure. I think that's very cool. That was, that was something. Uh, All I, right. Here's I one for that. you, Lou. I, I really like combining two ideas. One of the things I didn't like is that the only way to find out about how to fix the, the, the problem is to talk to the witches, right. To, but what if what if these were salt water? What if we're salt water river rivers coming through like you know inlets and the wolves will not go in the salt water, and so the the characters can learn world. why not? What's you know? Yeah, learn that salt's bad, or and you know, or you know, maybe there's a few other links. Maybe the food's really bland. Well, it and it, it talks about how like he well, they knew brine about stuff the, a lot, uh, ceremony or rite or whatever from like ancient traditions. Yeah, you know, 
maybe mix that in there, make a book yeah. in a library, old folklore of the land. And, and you can read about, you know, yeah. you know, but definitely, you know, that idea of having three, three clues for everything you need them to figure out. Uh, yeah. That definitely could, it could use that. Well, like a little, how about like a little salt mine or something like oh, that yeah. you could drop in here and say the treasure's in the salt mine, but the treasure's it's not the salt actually itself. the salt mine itself. And well, and of course the wolves yeah, never go yeah. near the salt mine because it would kill them. Right. So yeah. yeah, oh, yeah right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, th I think that kind of thing Something would like would have added a lot to this, as opposed to relying on NPC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, it, well, I've it, never been a fan. I also don't like the, NPC. the way it's laid out. It's kind of like you meet that NPC at this time, not not when you want to, not by happenstance, right, right. not by yeah. they tell you that they're out there. Uh, you know, granted, like you said, there, there's those spaces between the lines which are really meant for you to fill in. Uh, so maybe you could have learned about them somewhere else, but it just doesn't, it doesn't read yeah. like it's played like I, that, you know. One other question for you. I, I, I'd rather have the players discover things rather than DM reveal it through an NPC. I just, how many times like do you think, so assuming the party survives most of these encounters. So to flip that question around, how many times does that mean that Gregor dies? Like, <laughs> right. I mean, he has to escape. Yeah, like several times in order for this story to work as presented yeah and that's the other thing is like um during the siege he doesn't have his wolf wolf cloak with him or at least he doesn't right. say he does so right. I'm, I'm trying to think like i mean <laughs> it, i mean he, he would die it, and disappear yeah and then reappear in his cave and you you run into him again and that would be fun like yeah that would be kind of cool and i wish they'd actually played that up because to me it makes perfect sense that the player characters are going to focus fire on Gregor, yeah, whether he's course. the black he's the wolf, leader, and, him, he's the leader, like you get him, boom. I mean, and it's, oh yeah, it's totally possible to get, you know, one, you know, you get a, a thief hiding in the shadows and you get a wizard with a lightning bolt and, and, you know, a couple good shots from somebody else and he's dead. Um, well, so adventures with this style of adventure. And I, I didn't want to bang on it because I, I think they can be done well. Adventures where you have one key villain who is going to show up multiple times throughout but, the adventure. But are, here he can die and come back. Place. And to me, that's wicked cool. Right. Like like the fact yeah. that like we yeah. kill him agree. and so, then he like, like, oh. But yeah. you don't see him yeah. again for like yeah. a week. So it's not like, you know, whatever. Oh, so I, I think. Right, they, right, right. Like yeah. to me, that's actually a positive, and I wish that the authors had, oh, had highlighted I, that. I, I like, I, I actually yeah, like adventures. It's, hard. Like yes. it's just you, you got to yes. be careful how you do it, and I think they did a nice job. You on that. It, I mean, basically, talk about him retreating and never says, you know, and if he dies the next time he sees the players, you know, or anything like that. Or exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that's too bad because I think it's likely that if it's not a TPK, it's likely that Gregor ends up dead. Like it's gonna be one or the other. hundred <laughs> percent. We all know most of our players. As soon as they see the the, the big bad yeah. sitting out on the battlefield, you know, what do you exactly. think that fireball is? Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. I, I guess we'll wrap up then. Um, <laughs> any any announcements for anything upcoming? Uh shit. Uh let's see. Um let me think here. Let me let me uh, we got a bunch of pacesetters. Just follow our fucking. This this might be a thing media. you want to add or edit in or out, but I didn't know if you wanted to uh, talk about uh, James's 
uh, GoFundMe or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, we should. So uh, James Shields, yeah, uh, James for the Shields. listeners, if you don't remember, uh, we had him on. He talked about uh, it's, this would have been um, would have been over the summer. No, man. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I'm not gonna tell you when we had him on because I can't first remember main. how Go look it up. Was. But <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he had. He's an artist friend of all of ours, a big personality in North Texas, big personality within the small publishing realm. Um, but he had, he had made the monster collection, uh, Mace, uh, where we had him on, talked about like the designing of those monsters and making them yep. more than just bag of hit points. Um, and then uh, he, he's, uh, at any rate, um, he, his son passed under uh, some, some really sad conditions. And uh, he's got a GoFundMe page. If you go to the North Texas Facebook page, you'll find a link through there. Um, but yeah, just uh, thoughts, prayers, and support out to him. Um, yeah, what it, it's a great family. They were. Uh, it was uh, uh, James was at the last NTX, so he was there. His son, uh, who passed away, was there, and then James's father yeah. was there. So he had three generations of shields. Um, it was amazing, and I, I have the, the images in my head, and it's a it's a it's a tragedy for sure. If anyone can help out, I know a lot of us already yeah. have. But if and you, I'll also you get put a chance, that link in the show notes, of time. course. But yeah, just uh, yeah, uh, you can find it. I think you can find it on many of our social media pages. We might have shared it. But, but if you remember, I mean, so, it, I, I mean, uh, I hate to just like you know play the violin here, but like uh, James said when he came on the show, he announced that like he decided to go like just into strictly illustrating so he, he left his job he yeah. was starting this new business and um it's just been a real rough go for him i really really feel for him and and and, and really hope and pray that you know um all, all this struggle that he's going through in life uh you know yields a, a great bright and wonderful future and and uh, man anyhow you know, we, we, we say it a lot about gaming communities, just a ton of great, great people in this gaming community. He really is one of those really nice guys. I mean, the, him and his dad, I first met them a few years ago at NTX. And then, like I said, this past year, he brought us some Ben. And, um, but just great family, just, uh, you know, a joy to sit and talk to. These are these these are definitely good people, period, whether they were engaging or not. They're just very good people. Um and uh, it's this is tough. So it's been a tough year overall. We also just lost Janelle Jaquais, um in the last week here. Um, you know, it's just a lot of that. Uh, yeah. There's a lot going on in the last year, unfortunately. So on that cheerful note. But yeah. That's all we all need to say. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's enough of that. Anyhow, listeners, we were glad that you spent time with us. Please, hey, reach out to us. Uh, let us know because this we were trying to find a good winter adventure. This is what we came up with. Um, with varying <laughs> degrees of uh, happiness. Of, of we have a few ready. more months of winter, so send along your suggestions. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. This whole dungeon at gmail.com. Just tell us your gaming stories or ask us crazy questions. Uh, we could use some mail in the mailbag for this next uh, session here. So. All right. Take care and good gaming, everybody. Good night, everyone. You have been listening to This Whole Dungeon. Copyright 2024. The opinions expressed by the hosts are simply that. Opinions meant for entertainment value. If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to write into the program, please do so at thisoldungeon at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.